Sorry, that's how I'm gonna survive an earthquake. And my sweet ups. So we just recently dealt with my, I shouldn't call him an a-hole neighbor, because the only reason I don't like him is because he has a diesel truck, and that's like a very judgmental <laughs> and a bad thing to do. You drive a certain kind of car, you're an a-hole. But I've never talked to the man, and he drives a diesel truck while I try to podcast. A-hole. Yeah. I also call your air conditioner or heater an a-hole, because it, you know, has the audacity <laughs> to come on in the wintertime or the summertime and ruin our podcast, so lots of a-holes. I apologize to anyone who's ever heard a weird noise in any of our shows. It was probably on my end. I don't know. Apparently, Virginia's very quiet, and all the noises happen in the rest of the world. But anyway, so that car is always on when I'm trying to podcast. It's always on while I'm trying to uh, do D&D over Skype or talk to my folks over Skype. It has interrupted a lot of things. A couple weeks ago, I'm sound asleep in my bed. Wife is in China. Kids are in Idaho. Just me, sleeping diagonal, as you do. And... The entire house just shakes, and it throws me awake. And my first thought is, if that a-hole backed his diesel truck into my house, I'm going to be so pissed. And I throw open the windows, and it's, it wasn't him. It was an earthquake, and I just happened to blame a random act of God on my neighbor. <laughs> I've been in one earthquake that was here in Virginia years ago, and... Uh, it was the same for me. Well, it's, it's weird for me because, uh, so we would have what felt like earthquakes in my hometown, but it was the, uh, quarry that was close enough. It was nearby, uh, blasting. And when they would blast, you would feel it. I mean, it would, it would shake the ground, but it was not like sustained. So you knew what it was. So when that happened, uh, with the earthquake here in Virginia, it was like, it was that. And that was where my mind went to, which is funny because I hadn't lived there in, you know, a decade and haven't had that sensation since then. So it's weird for my mind to go back to that, but that's exactly what it was. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm here. That can't be what it is. Also, it's still going. (laughs) Is this an earthquake? And then, yeah, we, we, we did what we've heard in TV shows and whatever else, what you do in an earthquake. So we did some of those things, you know. But, well, I shouldn't say that. I did that. Most people walked outside and looked at the sky. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they're expecting. It's not to a sky quake. Yeah, I don't know what they're expecting to see. I, I do. So. so I've always thought that this about earthquakes and like, you know, movies and everything like, you know, there's an earthquake and everything, you know, goes down. Planes go down and all this stuff. It's like, Why? Like, why do the, the the planes and, like, helicopters should be, like, safe? They shouldn't, like, it's not like an, a, an EMP goes off, it's an earthquake. So, as long as you're up in the air, you're fine. Uh, which, of course, brings me to my, to my next thought. You know, if you could just jump really high, you'd be fine. <laughs> Sorry, that's how I'm going to survive an earthquake. <laughs> and my sweet ups. <laughs> okay, this is awesome. We're going to go through, how would Jason survive? We're just going to go through a list of natural disasters, and I want to hear how you're going to survive all of them, because jumping through an earthquake is hilarious. So how would you survive? A blizzard. 
Uh, I mean, a blizzard, you, you, you hope your home can stand up to it and you just stay inside. D- you do as you're told. Like that's uh, most national, natural disasters are easy to survive. If you just do what you're supposed to. And most of them are, are <laughs> hunker in place, like shelter in place and just wait. And I, I should not have started with a blizzard. Cause you're right. The best way to get through a blizzard yeah. is just be you stay inside and hope nothing bad happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Watch some YouTube. Okay. What you should do is move to Canada, it sounds like, because that's the one place you could survive. I I mean, I I definitely am I'm made for colder climates, I believe, but that's that's my, my fair sunburned skin probably speaking there. <laughs> Alright, your house is on fire. What are you gonna do then? Can't YouTube through a house fire. I'm I'm not I'm picturing myself with like the iPad like holding it up while the flames are around me and it's like, alright, it's not that that no, fast forward this part of the video is not helping. Okay. Now they're actually on fire. What do I do now? <laughs> We're definitely one of those families that have not like we don't we don't have our fire plan in in place. I remember our daughter coming home, you know, from first grade or whatever it is, where you learn that stuff and being like, "Oh, mommy, daddy, we have to have a fire plan." It's like, okay, we'll come up with one, and we never did. <laughs> Wait, you you put the onus on her? Yeah, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. You get us a fire plan. Also, balance this checkbook. We don't know how to. We're gonna pay the mortgage this month. You figure that out too. She's gotta learn at some point. Um, I remember doing that as a kid and my parents, you know, like indulging me and I quote unquote coming up with a plan that we didn't actually, you know, now that I look back on it, it's not, that was not a plan. That was them lying to me, uh, which I understand because I'm now lying to my child. So yeah, we have one and we, we don't have one. Uh, <laughs> so we actually, my son says something like the same sort of thing came back from school. Like what's our fire plan? And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a good point. We need to come up with a family fire plan in our new house. And my wife's like, you go outside. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but where do we meet? Uh, across the street. <laughs> like, we don't need to plan this out, stupid American. <laughs> you just get out of the house that's on fire. And you don't be there anymore. But my understanding of that is, like, you know, you need to know, like, you if you feel this door, is it hot? Okay, don't open that door. Is what what's okay now? If we can't get out that door, how do we get down? Like, that, there's no door to get out of the house. Like, that's... That's where I think the fire plan comes into play is like, you know, when the fire actually happens, it's out in the hallway. You can't go down the hallway to just get out of the house. What are you going to do? And I, I do remember discussing that and being like, you know, we would lower you down and there's a deck right there. So we could drop down to that. It's a, it's a ways down, but it's not that far and we'd be OK. And, you know, we had to reassure her about that. But it's like, you know, if it if, if it came to that game time decision, what what would I do? And I would I would probably die in the fire because I'd be too afraid to jump. You're right, and I need to go talk to my kids. Okay, mommy's underthinking this. If the stairs are on fire, come to mommy and daddy's room. We have a window that goes out onto the edge. Ah, see, now I got it. Where were you two months ago when we had this conversation? And I'm like, you're right, fire plans are stupid. I mean, it, yeah, it's pretty simple. You just need to have, you need to have talked about it. Because, yeah, it's if you don't know the door's hot, don't touch it, don't open it, then you're, you're, you're going to die. So... The kids learn that stuff, and then they come home, tell us we need a plan, and you say, okay, well, we're jumping out this window. There you go. There's your plan. But that that, that is see that, that is a plan other than that. your wife's. I don't know. Get outside, dummy. Well, you don't let us run. <laughs> <laughs> She's just waiting well, across I, the street for you. So like, I, Those idiots. Where are they? Because they're screaming. Screaming from a outside. window. Yeah, she's <laughs> coughing up smoke. Those idiots. 
Americans and they're overthinking of things. I have to go back in there and carry them out, I guess. So I can't remember. Uh, were you the one who recommended American Vandal to me? Probably. I, I, I recommended and liked that the first season of the show, at least. Is the second season not as good? I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know. So I enjoy the first season quite a bit. I have two more episodes to go. And screw you, Jason. You ruined my life. What did I do now? Because you recommended American Vandal. And so I've mentioned before that I am slowly working on a novel. And the novel is about a kid in junior high trying to get himself the nickname that he wants and not the nickname that he has. He's trying to ditch the horrible nickname of Snot Bubble that he has and trying to find something better. All the while that he's going through this, he inherited a geography book that had a bunch of butts drawn in it. And he has to like prove that he did not draw those butts. American Vandal is about a young man who is accused of drawing a bunch of dicks and has to prove that he did not draw those dicks. I had not seen American Vandal when I wrote this book. And so I was going back through it and I was editing it after having seen American Vandal. And if you've seen American Vandal in the first episode, there's a bit where they're like, oh, he couldn't draw these dicks. He draws dicks like this and these dicks look like this. That is an exact scene. Like there's a scene in my book where the main character takes his geography book to the principal and he's like, look, these butts are drawn like this. I draw butts like this. I mean, would you rather know? I have to go rewrite my whole book now. Well, would you rather know about that and need to, you know, adjust things appropriately? Or would you like to have, like, your book come out or whatever? Or you get, finish the final draft or whatever and then you have somebody read it and they're just like, I mean, have you seen American Vandal? And, you know, then you have to redo it. I think I saved you some time. <laughs> you, you ruined my commute as I'm just like, this is bad. So, Yeah. You could also take solace in the fact that you wrote something that's very similar to something that's very popular and very funny. So it's an it's it's a not an homage because you did it unknowingly, but it's a I don't know. You you do good work, and people are telling you that through other work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's there's not a word for that. Like just being able to cycle in on something that other people enjoy by writing something that you didn't know about. There should be a word for that. So you're a lot more supportive than my wife, who I told this exact story to. And she's like, I'm like, stupid Jason. Now I know that, that I'm ripping off something I didn't know I was ripping off. And she's like, yeah, you should have written your book sooner. <laughs> if you would have written that two years ago when you started talking about it, this wouldn't have been a problem. <laughs> like, oh, that's true. So now I just need to write all my ideas down before someone pre-steals them. I mean, it, it yeah, it's it, it's a you're never gonna be able to do anything completely original because somebody's done it before you, and if it's that much like another work, especially one that was really popular for you know a, a hot second, and I mean people are going to compare, and it's unfortunately in this case it does sound very very similar. So I I would hope there's ways you could get around that and and yeah yeah. Fortunately, it was just the B plot, so I'm gonna kind of rework some things and. That won't be his his whole <laughs> mo of no. I draw butts like this, not like this. And the principal is like, you just drew both butts. Also, butts are butts. So I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. It is my cross to bear. It's just like that time that I wrote that story about a bunch of former actors who get hired to play their characters and have to actually fight a cowboy. Oh wait, that's Three Amigos. Oh. I was like trying to follow. I'm like, oh, wait, I know this is supposed to be something, but yes, there. That's I also Galaxy Quest. 
Well, yeah. That, I mean, it's it, it's a trope. Like it's it, it's happened other places, but those are yeah two of the well more well known ones, and especially Three Amigos is one of my favorite movies of all time. I I it, it it's easy for me to forget that part of it because the part where they're they're actors and they're fired, and then they you know get another job, and it's to go actually help these people in this town. Uh, that, that's what as, as with many things I saw as a kid, it was on HBO. And we taped it from HBO. And for some reason, it would always like start 15 minutes late. I don't know if the recording time was wrong or something. So I missed like the first 15 minutes of many movies. So I like missed the <laughs> setup for Three Amigos. When I finally saw it, I'm like, and of course, it's after you know after the fact that I've I've met all these these a- other actors, and it's like Phil Hartman's in it and John Lovitz. These people are in this movie. Seriously, how did I not know this? It's like oh, because I've never seen this before. <laughs> the whole premise of that movie is in the first fifteen minutes. Yes, first, the whole premise of every most movie is movies, in the first yeah, unless minutes. they start in media res. It that's how it is, and I would completely have no idea that, about that. So, did you just think Michael J. Fox was just some guy from the fifties who happened to dress differently? No, no, that well, that that one's a much much longer lead up to it. But uh, no, that, that one I saw from the very beginning because I remember the clocks. No, I bet he's in in the fifties in the first fifteen minutes. That movie moves at a good clip. No, it's not. It's it's much longer than you think. He, they spend a good thirty minutes on his previous life before Doc uh, sends him back to the future. No, this is uh, actually back to the past. I guess he doesn't. That he has to get back to the future. It's really really foretelling the 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 name of that series is that that the Back to the Future part doesn't actually happen until like the end of the movie. Well, they don't remember the Titans until the end of the movie, so I mean it's fine. Yeah, but you can tell that's coming. It's it's foretold. <laughs> when you can tell that going Back to the Future was well, yes. So no, I, I remember watching that one from the beginning because the clocks make me so anxious. There's too many <laughs> damn clocks. What? <laughs> That ticking's just too much for you. There's like, the, like... The, the entire wall is like clocks, and then he, he, he yes. rocks out and blows out the speakers, and it's just, yeah, it's very, it's it's good. I I think it's effective, and I like it now. But I just, yeah, as a kid, I was just like watching all those clocks just going off, and they're all ticking, and, uh, <laughs> just reminding you of your mortality, and like I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. Time keeps slipping away. Got to work on my novel before somebody else publishes it. Ah! And that's called projecting. Hey guys, Steve here. Wanted to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Today I Learned Nothing. I hope you enjoy the show half as much as we enjoy creating it. You can follow more of our shenanigans on Twitter. I am at Idahobo, and Jason is at the Jason Ziggler. 